Good morning, sunshine. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is morning time where I'm at, so it's just going to be a shiny morning today, right? So I just want to say welcome back to Motherhood Mess Unfiltered. If this is your first time, welcome to Motherhood Mess Unfiltered, where I, alongside Coach Sakira and alongside Coach Corey, we come together and we begin to talk and unfilter the mess that God has shown us how to navigate through life, through raising kingdom heirs and bringing up children in the way that God has fashioned us, teaching them to understand who they are while they navigate the world as well. I am Coach Janine and I am your group visionary. And this is what the Lord has talked to us this month. And this is the month of September. Welcome to September, y'all. <laughs> and so this this is the month where the Lord was kind of talking to us about war over the door. And it's funny that it came up during this time of the year because this is when kids begin to go back to school. And I said, oh, Lord, all the doors that our kids are about to walk through, I understand, I understand, right? And so what we're actually talking about are spiritual doors, though, Right. And so I want to kind of talk more in depth about what the Lord gave me. The Lord gave us war over the door. And the the point he made to me was that in order to get through some doors, you have to have a key or you have to have a doorman. And what that means is access. How are you accessing what God has given you? How do you access the door? How do you even get a key? Lord, what in the world? How do I walk through this door? Right. And so I want to go to the life of Peter for just a moment. And I love me some Peter. And I just want to kind of explain a little bit why I chose or where God gave me the vision of Peter. And I have been with this same vision of Peter for some months, but the Lord keeps showing me a different facet of his love for Peter. And this is part of what I asked the Lord for, for me. Right. And so now Peter reminds us, of, of a couple of doors he has walked through. Number one, he reminds us that God is a promise keeper. And let me tell you, and it takes a quite a bit of strength to hold on to a promise that God gives you, right? Because it usually takes time to develop. He also shows Peter the door of being very powerful, how powerful the father is, how powerful you are right through Jesus Christ. And he also urges us, especially in his writings, of uh, the epistle of Peter, um, to prioritize spiritual growth and to build faith upon eyewitness testimony about Jesus. How is this even possible? How do you even do this? Right. Peter had a friendship with Jesus. Him and Jesus were very good friends because they had did some time together and not jail time. But you know what I'm saying, right? And and I love this moment in time where we all know the story of Peter, but there are just some fine details that I can't get past. I love the way um, Jesus loves him. And so there's a moment in time in the Bible, and this is in Matthew 16. If you get a minute, go read the whole thing. It's quite intriguing. Um the Lord has been talking to the disciples, the Lord Jesus was, and he asked them, who do you say I am? You know, what you think about me <laughs> or what the people think about me? And the disciples would tell him, oh, somebody said you're a prophet and somebody said you're this and somebody said you're that. And Jesus, and I can almost feel his dissatisfaction. Oh, these people don't get it yet. Right. And he asked Peter, well, Peter, who you say I am? And usually after you talk to a large crowd of people, you do need an insider to go back to you and say, who do you say I am? Because all these people have been telling me all about what they say I am, but I want to know what my, my good friend says I am. And Peter tells him you are the Christ. 
And Jesus probably not expecting that says, ain't nobody told you that, but my father in heaven, because I have not revealed it yet. And then Jesus turns right around and tells him, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth has been bound and whatever you loose on earth has been loosed, not just on the earth, but also in heaven. And I will give you knowledge of the both of those things. Right. And I was immediately was like, what? And, 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 you know, okay. So that's just me. Right. So the funny thing is that Peter did not understand that when the Lord said, I was going to give you the keys to the kingdom. The first thing he did was started teaching him about the future. And he went and told him all the things that had to happen to him. <laughs> all the things that had to happen. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in, at the, at the mercy of the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They're going to put me on a cross. They're going to kill me. And then I'm going to rise up the third day. And the first thing Peter had to walk through was belief. The door of belief. Cause the first thing he said was, Oh Jesus, be it far from you. <laughs> That'll never happen. And Jesus had to rebuke him because Jesus knew the truth. Right. And so what happened next? Jesus asked him or told him he was going to give him the keys to the kingdom. And then in Luke twenty two thirty two, Jesus is telling them, this is the night he is about to, um, this is the last supper and they are about to experience the death of Jesus while Jesus is still alive, but they're about to experience it. And the Jesus told Simon he, or Simon Peter is his name. He says, Peter, behold, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. And when you're converted, strengthen your brother. And this is when you become a door man and you can do some things to help people understand what God is doing. Jesus gave him the answer before it even happened. Peter had not, has still had no belief at this point, right? He's like, well, I know you said that, but I don't believe that. Now he didn't say it out of his mouth, <laughs> but you know, what happens is, is that when Jesus told him is he didn't want him to walk in shame. And he says, Peter, this is going to happen. I've already prayed for you. So in other words, when this moment comes, and you have denied your master three times before he goes to the cross. And it happens just as Jesus said it. You realize that you had nothing to fear. All you had to do was believe Jesus. He didn't already told it to you. He didn't already said it to you. You already seen it happen. And this is where your eyewitness testimony comes in because Jesus took me through it. Believe him because he's telling you the truth. It might not feel good. You might have to suffer with him a little bit, but he will give you an understanding. Right. And so. The scripture says, I have prayed for you. And when you are converted, I used to struggle over that word converted. And I had to understand what it meant. And what God said to me is this, because before you can believe something, you have to be converted by an action to believe because we believe not through our success, but we believe through our trying and trying again to achieve success. Right. And so again, with the doors, God repurposed him just like a building just like a doorway, repurposed him, refurbished him and told him when you're converted. In other words, when I have you fully come through this door of believing me, <laughs> go strengthen your brothers because they're going to have a hard time getting over what you've already overcome. Right. And so all of a sudden there you have a key and you don't even understand that you got a key of authorization 
to open and shut a door yourself, right? This is that a spiritual authority to allow things to access and to allow things deny access for certain things, right? And God told him binding, loosing, and knowledge. These are his doors, right? What are the doors Jesus has given you the key to? What are some things you have walked through that not many people have walked through and you have overcome and you have the key to successfully navigating these things for others, right? That is a major key. So, and then while doing that, sometimes when we go through things, we become quote unquote, spiritually, spiritually complacent. And this is where these are the doors that lead to nowhere sitting on your butt, doing nothing, wallowing in our sorrows. And so I just want you to know, you don't need a key to that door. That's a swivel door. <laughs> there is there is no need for a key to a door that leads to nowhere, right? And so I just wanted to remember that. Now, a major key Peter taught was suffering and sacrifice will lead to sanctification. This is called dying to yourself and, and how to respond emotionally as you do. Peter, uh, first Peter, um, verse six and seven says this, where in ye greatly rejoice though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. What is a manifold temptation? A manifold temptation is a a temptation within a temptation within a temptation, right? That's like having a plate of pizza, um, (laughs) Pizza, chocolate chip cookies, and ice cream. And Lord Jesus, I don't need none of that, right? So it's a temptation within a temptation within a temptation. In other words, it's just going to be ongoing until we learn the key or we get the key from the door to learn how to suffer and to sacrifice. Because it's not, Jesus doesn't really take anything from you that you need, right? And so he only takes things from us that we don't need, like let's say a lying tongue or a manipulative thought processor or, you know, these types of things that um, happen ever so slightly in our minds and in our hearts, right? That the trial, and this is verse seven, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire might be found with praise and honor and glory to appearing to the appearing of Jesus Christ, right? And, and here's the thing, when the more you die to yourself, the more you look like Christ, the more you die to yourself, the more you smell like Christ, the more you die to yourself, the more you smell like what you die to. And I don't mean in the sense of stinking. I mean, in the sense of when, if you're in the flowers and you walk away from the flowers, you got the scent of the flowers on you. So if you hang out in the presence of God, you walk out of the door of the kingdom of heaven with the incense and the, and the spray of, of heaven on you. And, and it is a very loud smell in some arenas, right? And so suffering and sacrifice leads to so much sanctification. God will sanctify you for certain things. He will sanctify you for becoming a prayer warrior. He'll sanctify you for becoming a a healer. He'll sanctify you for those things and teach you the ins and outs of them. But you have to be willing to sacrifice and to suffer through some things, which is just a form of endurance. Because in order to learn how to heal, You have to go into places that are unhealed and you have to learn what has caused these types of things. So the walking out process becomes easy for these people. Once we obtain the key to certain doors, some people need our keys, right? Now, lesson 
number three or key number three, I'm sorry, that the Lord gave me, or I'm sorry, key number two was don't allow persecutions to hinder your spiritual growth. Your spiritual growth comes because of persecution. Your spiritual growth usually shows up because you are seeking God for a matter at hand. God, what happened? God, what's going on? God, I need you to fix. God, I need you to do. God, show me how. God, show me what. God, yes. These are persecutions. They could be ever so slightly. It could be a comment on Facebook. It could be a comment from a cousin or whoever, right? And it could be in the form of persecution. Why you got to dress like that? Why you got to act like that? Will you leave me alone and let me love Jesus the way I love, the way he loved me, <laughs> right? And so once we learn to to suffer with Christ, which is one key. Then we have to learn that while we are suffering and then and remembering that it's not like somebody's putting needles in our back. So we suffer. It's more so under the context of like running a marathon because you start not knowing where the end is. Well, you know, it's 26 miles, but your mind does not know the full journey. And so with every turn you learn with every step, you learn what your pace is. And so you gracefully allow God to pace you as you are running for him, right? Maybe God has given you a door to being an intercessor, which is part of who I am. I have over the years had to learn how to understand spiritual warfare, how to understand why the enemy fights me so much in my dreams, why he fights me so much in my vision, because God made me a visionary and whatever he can do to take my focus, he will do. And if I allow my focus to be tethered to a persecution, then I'll say it like this. When you stop walking behind the father, you're walking behind something. Or if you're not worshiping and praising God, you are worshiping and praising something. And I'm not saying that these are necessarily good and bad things. But what I'm saying is when your focus is on the door, there is no persecution that can stop you because God will give you one step at a time. Because the Bible says what? That good, a good man's steps are ordered by God. So wherever your feet are, God has placed you there. Maybe you are in a season where you're in some darkness or you're in some dark places. This is what you should say. Thank you, God. Learn from Peter. Thank you, God, for putting me in this place. Teach me how to rejoice now while I'm suffering with you, while I'm navigating the darkness and learning to trust you in the darkness or learning to do what you've asked me to do in the darkness. Right. And what happens is, is you develop these keys that nobody can take from you because all of a sudden words don't hurt. All of a sudden your tactics aren't working, but they're not working because I'm not focusing on you. You can try all you want. I'm focused on my father. Right. And so the closer you get to the door, the more you'll find out that when you let them that suffer according to the will of God, this is first Peter four nineteen. wherefore let them suffer according to the will of God, commit their keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Why is that important? Because in the dark, if you're sitting in the dark and this is Micah ver, uh, chapter seven, verse eight, I believe, um, it says that the Lord is my light in a dark place, right? And what happens is if, if you're not trusting God and you don't know how to trust God, God may allow you to sit into this place until you learn his voice in the dark, until you learn his voice in the deep place. 
until you learn his voice as the deep calls to the deep, right? And so what happens is, is that God is able to give you a key to understanding how to navigate persecution while growing spiritually because God wants your attention on him. So he can teach you how not to focus on the storm like Peter did. Peter focused on the storm. He was doing something that was out of the, out of this world. He was walking on water. The Bible says he walked on the water to Jesus and was walking to him. And then the storm got mad and got angry and started shaking. And, and he turned around and looked at the storm and see, when you turn and look at the storm, you can no longer see where you're going. And you start grabbing at everything. Help me, help me. Grabbing at this, grabbing at that. And you can't find. And so you have to listen for the small, still voice, you know? And so I say that to say this, that when you gain that key in persecution, all of a sudden you got a, you got a spiritual strategy every time something shows up in your life. Oh, go into my prayer closet. I got to go ask Jesus about this. You know what I'm saying? And so that door is always open to you because you trust God, because you've learned how to not allow persecution to deter you from getting on your knees. Right. And so the third key, and then, and I'm going to wrap this up. The third key is humility. And for those of us who don't know what humility is, humility is making yourself lesser. So something else can be greater. It is not a submission of everything unto somebody else. Um, and I say that under the context of this, God made you unique. He gave you your eye color. He gave you your hair color. He gave you all the moles you have. He knows everything about you and he made you specifically. So you were, would be able to influence those that God gave you in your atmosphere. I used to wonder, <clears throat> I, and, and I'm going to be very honest here. And this takes a little humility to say this. I was in a church meeting one time and this prophet was walking around and and she was talking to all the, the younger people at the time I was younger. I was in my twenties and she told this person, you know, talk to him for five or six minutes, all the great things God was doing in his life. And she went down the row of about five or six people and gave him great things. And I was like, yes, God, tell me all the things you need me to hear about myself. And she put her hand on my head and said, God said you brighten rooms. And she walked over and went to the next person. And I cried and I was like, what? you, what I brighten the room. I'm lighter. And, and, and I didn't understand what that meant. It took me 20 years to understand that it took, God has brought me in and out of operating rooms, in and out of all types of rooms. And I'm listening to myself say this right now and realizing God has given me the key to many doors because I walk in and out of a lot of them because of my, my job duties. And I bring this Holy Spirit with me because I want to see people live well, live better, right? And so this level of humility for me, I had to put my little pride aside and say, okay, God, show me how I brighten rooms. And I said it with an attitude, right? And do you know, it took me 20 years to understand what that meant. It had nothing to do with how I looked. It had nothing to do. It had everything to do with, oh, Jesus, I'm going to cry when I say this. It had everything to do with me being humble to my father and allowing him to be who he is for somebody else. In other words, okay, God, you said I brighten up the rooms. How do I do that? It's by the way I show up. It's because I smile. It's because I love Jesus. And it's almost like 
If you think about bees, they are so attracted to honey. And I learned in my last job assignment how much honey I have because I had so, I have, I walked away. I only worked there for seven months and I walked away with more friends than walking through hospitals my entire adult life. And I had to sit back and say, thank you, God, that you made me humble. And my pride didn't seek to honor myself. Instead, my humility sought to honor you. And so humility can be one of your biggest doors where God can become so big for somebody else that they can't even see you. And all they know is they want to sit next to you or they want to hear what you got to say or they got to have a conversation with you. Right. And so just remembering that pride closes a lot of doors. It closes spiritual growth because it already knows everything. Right. And so I end, I want to end with saying that, that God bless you. Just want you to remember some keys as you're walking through the doors that God has placed in front of you. Just remembering that suffering is not necessarily hurting. Suffering is enduring a thing while God is teaching you a lesson. Sacrifice is letting go of things that God has, you have no need of anymore. Dying to those things so we respond appropriately, especially emotionally. Also, that second key, don't allow persecution to hinder your growth. You get the keys during the, during these times, because this is what we learn. This is how we learn. Right. And the last one being humble, being, having that humility to say, okay, Janine, lessen yourself, Janine, sit back, let God show out today. You know? And so I say that I bless you. I love you. May God keep his face turn towards you and show you all the peace and love that you need today. May God just help you to have keys for the doors that he is walking you through. May he show you that you already have the keys and show you how to use them as you walk through the next doors. Right. And just one, and I just want to say this, that it is amazing when you allow God to walk you through these doors, just based on the awe and the wonder that that happens because of it. And what happens is that people are healed People are saved and people are set free from the enemy. Until next time, be blessed.